Hi, this is Chase Garbarino. I'm the co-founder and CEO of HQO, and this is the Let's Go Show, brought to you by HQO. All right. This is Chase Garbarino. I'm the co-founder and CEO of HQO, and welcome to the first episode of the Let's Go Show. Hopefully you listened to our introduction, rambling preamble, whatever you <laughs> want to call it. Um, and I got some some fine guests on the first episode. Greg, why don't you introduce yourself? Excited to be here. Um, my name is Greg Gomer, uh, one of the co-founders here as well um, at HQO. Um, you know, quite the backstory working, working with this team. And I think we'll get into some of that, which is super exciting. We've got a great group of people that, uh, we've started a couple of companies, uh, together here. So, uh, super excited to, to get into this and, and tell the story here. And I am, uh, Kevin McCarthy. I'm one of the other co-founders here at HQO. And unlike Chase and Greg, I'm probably going to be the most skittish of the group <laughs> in so much that these two fine gentlemen have a illustrious history of super successful YouTube, super but again, this was this series. was like before this is before TikTok, before podcast. Before, this is before YouTube was even YouTube, really. Right? Was how successful we were at our right our last right. media show. I mean, would you say we're talking the correlation two hundred to three hundred viewers? Yeah, um, <laughs> overall, on a, on overall, very good week. in aggregate, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, total of you yeah. of all the episodes, things were good. Uh, yeah, on that note, we're also going to introduce Tom Sullivan, who's our fine producer here. Say something to the mic, Tom. Yeah, this is uh, Tom Sullivan. I will be helping the guys out here, facilitating, producing the Let's Go Show. So I'm fired up to be here. All right, so people know if they listen to the intro, the point of the Let's Go Show, the point of the first episode here. Um, and probably the top request I got when I was kicking around ideas as to what we should be talking about. I think, I think everybody was like, see where the conversations go and figure out the themes as you move episode to episode. But one thing that was consistent was like, people want to hear from the founders, the backstory. Yeah. Everybody wants to know the backstory. So, um, everyone who works at HQO gets my monologue because it's part of their onboarding where they <laughs> where they hear me tell the the scripted version of mm -hmm. how we started out but yeah. i figured i'd bring in bring in a little little color here the the color commentators to the keep uh, you in check mostly yeah yeah right right <laughs> no that didn't happen. no 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 chase just screwed that <laughs> up and uh, a little polish on that error uh, right there so I'll 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 kick it off and just give a little bit of background. So Kevin, myself, and Greg, uh, we ran a company. It's called American Inno now, short for Innovation. Uh, it had a previously is called Streetwise Media, but it's called American Inno. It was a digital media company focused on um, tech startups in cities, so startup communities in cities. It's in probably I think like. 10 12 now markets now 12 maybe least, more yeah um markets now we sold it in 2012 to american city business journals which is owned by advanced yeah. publications which is the newhouse family so on ass reddit discovery channel large privately owned media holding company um and we got to know commercial real estate a little bit through that business because we had a lot of big brokerages mm. as sponsors so yeah. When we left the business in 2015 and 2016, we went back to our original investors venture firm called Accomplice and said, hey, getting the band back together. <laughs> uh, we got to get out of the media what? business. Yeah, we got to get out of the media business. The ship is sinking. Let's write some uh, C software, man. CPM rates, tough business. Uh, we did get out at the right time, so that was great. Uh True. But we said we're gonna we're gonna I don't know do something I forget exactly here's what a the pitch original deck. pitch here's was. a pitch deck how much money do you have in your wallet yeah right. <laughs> and we have a little bit of a thesis yeah and I, I think they said yes immediately then came to their senses said no and then can't I made them feel bad yeah. Yeah. You, well there's no take backsies right right, yeah. right, right. you can't take it back. <laughs> How good are we if we're not good for our first word, you know? Uh, what was the, the original pitch of Venture App was it was like it was a, kind of like a marketplace for mm, even before then. No, like the common app for startup or like No, no, you know, even before that, 
was the hybrid model of like it was kind of we wanted to uh help other startups uh through some pain points that we had when we were first doing our startup right so there was kind of like a model of like helping businesses connect right or something like that was that what it was yeah it was uh yeah the pain of finding a lawyer or a bank or all that which isn't that painful that was really a bad idea well but we we came at it with a the a good heart in so much that (laughs) you have the wrong conversation at the wrong time with the wrong person that could steer a young entrepreneur on a bad path right right Right. um and we just wanted to de-risk that for the next group thinking yeah. we knew everybody being as naive as we were being like we have an incredible network coming off the media company we know everybody we'll put you in touch with anybody yeah right. yeah <laughs> yeah you name it, we'll, we'll connect you right I, mean, we, I went door to door to the first couple hundred startups in their office like <laughs> what can i help you with yeah dimension they're like, yeah. They're like dimension. how about a 409a how about yes. a, a lawyer that that does immigration yes. like cool, we, yeah I, I got a guy we, yeah, we have a guy actually we have a guy wasn't it like we have a guy for that we, we yes. have a guy or something like that right that yeah. was part of the recommendation connection thing right. That we did later. But yeah, I remember you going out with a spreadsheet, going to all of these startups saying, hey, what can I be helpful on? Right. And they're like, bah, 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 bah. But writing all those notes. Yeah, kind of. It was very uh, hand wavy, I will say. It's about the journey, wavy. Tom. Yeah. But, you it's know, about like, the team, Tom. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> right, right, right. CVCs, right? You know, yeah. the idea changes. No. But I think that's it. But, that, but, but that, you were a business concierge. I was a and, business Which, concierge. by the way. Which is a is dope a, title. It's a, yeah. right, it's a very <laughs> profitable business. It's just not a venture scale. Right, it's business. a services business. It's a great we service. We could have just printed money being services a small on sign. Yeah, business right, concierge right, because right. nobody Lifestyle. does want to do the work. It was kind of like right, startup it. procurement. Yeah, yeah we, it was we did make for, meaningful connections. We did put people in touch. We basically said, like, you, you don't waste your time on these tasks trying to find this. We'll do it for you and we'll bring it vetted, right? It won't just be a Google search. Right, right. This company or this person will have worked with X, Y, and Z. They're the person for your job or whatever it may be. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then the digital representation of that is that the startup would be able to log in and say, hey, I need help with uh, finding a lawyer. They'd go through a quick little questionnaire, which was really hard software to write. I remember Bash and I banging our heads on some of that. But basically... Bash is one of uh, our yeah, engineers, Jeff, Jeff Sean. Sean. Probably one of the... Still sp- here. Yeah. Our oldest tenured outside of the yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Probably one of the smartest engineers I've ever worked with, hands down. But... uh you know, the startup would go answer these questions. And on the backside, we had some very rudimentary logic, which was directing uh, the request for a lawyer help or whatever, based on those criteria that they filled out to a pool of uh, applicable lawyers. And those lawyers, um, if they were on the platform, mm-hmm. uh, could reach out and uh, start a conversation. But Talk I think we request. had... We didn't. We never showed the lawyers the user's name on the onset, right? So they mm. couldn't take it off platform. Right. And the startup still had the ability to, hey, I want to accept this uh, to chat, and then we had a real time chat in the app. Yeah. Which was. And here's here's the well, probably one of my biggest Achilles heels. Just talking about it, I'm like, I think I can make this work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's totally doable. There's still structured the data. You could get some really serious good data. Sure, we we could make this work. Yeah, it wasn't for us. We actually, we, we needed have a lot. proof that we could. Yes, no, yeah. very, very very real proof. But if any investors months. are listening, yeah, we are we, interested. Yeah, and come back. Yeah, well, but, what about but, this idea? You know, the interesting thing about you know when, pe- when what if <laughs> I remember just thinking about this like after all of that, I was like. Man, this is a really powerful idea. We're just not the team to do this. Not right. the, that no. was not our no, not, not our, our forte, bag. which not was the pitch to yeah. our early stage. Which investors. I did, I did not recently <laughs> see on Twitter uh, in VC Twitter. So for our folks in commercial real estate, there is a thing called VC Twitter, mm-hmm. which oh, yeah. is both Huge. basically just VCs talking about VCs to other VCs. It's not super useful, but it is. It can be entertaining. It is. And it, I recently heard the term founder market fit, which wow. is like, we believe in a market, but we you need to find the right founder to win it. Hmm. I guess we were not founder market fit for we that. We were not. But no. We were founder no, market no. fit yeah. for prop tech. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but what's interesting, you know, when you think, when you talk about the, uh, the building things, right? And and it comes up a lot in, in other random questions or you know, younger entrepreneurs will reach out and say, you know, how, how, do you, how do you start a company, right? How does that work? One of the things that I think 
we did well, the, maybe the only thing we did well at Adventure <laughs> App outside of ultimately killing it, which was a great decision. <laughs> um, but if you think about getting off the ground, right, th- there, was, there was a speed and a desire and a quickness in which we launched the product. We developed what we thought was almost product market fit at the time without waiting and without holding a big launch and without waiting for oh, technology. Yeah, I mean, no. we developed, we did everything manual, we did everything that didn't scale, right? And that's one of the biggest things that, you know, when younger entrepreneurs reach out, I try to talk about is don't wait for anything. Don't wait for uh, four engineers to build your product, build your software, build your technology, go build a list, that. you know, go door to door, do whatever you have to do mm-hmm. um, because you're going to learn an incredible amount about the, pro- the, you, the eventual product, the idea, yeah. whatever it is that, that, that you're there. Don't waste that time. Right. You can just quickly do. tell if someone's like, not, not if they're going to be a successful startup entrepreneur or not, if they're going to be a startup entrepreneur because the hardest part for some, like, is just starting. Yeah. Like, doing. Like, we just get it out. Yeah, ready, yeah. fire, aim, right? Like, yeah. you got to get on the field. And I think some people get, like, analysis paralysis and they never, never get off the starting blocks. But that was one of the weird things about commercial real estate for us. And I think that was, uh, and I'm jumping ahead and then we'll come back. But I did think it was interesting. Like, commercial real estate can't, you physically, bricks, beams, sticks, like, you can't just start, right? Right. Like, everything has to move slower, which I think is why prop deck has been valuable at the time that it like it it makes certain elements of the industry more nimble but mm. um oh, this is yeah fun. yeah well this will be fun. well you know what? we should each do it for somebody yeah. else yeah yeah uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, who won that uh we just played knows it real quick yeah, yeah. all right kevin um tech <laughs> stuff right what yeah tech, what do tech guys <laughs> do what is, <laughs> what is tech stuff he, like he writes code yeah uh, do that which, from time to time i don't know looks easy i guess yeah, it's super easy um super easy if, super I can, if i can do it i'm sure anyone <laughs> so can you know on the technical side right making sure that we could back right SaaS companies right technology companies right you have to back up valuations in your team with a product and we we didn't have one uh, yeah. so kevin had to build it right <laughs> from scratch and, and what that was right chase used to draw the wireframes of of what the product would be in a notebook and he's colorblind and he he's dyslexic <laughs> with his writing and so I don't know that gray blues are coming out so, when so that was our that was our product, gets a roll, right? though, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's great yeah i would say that as a startup technologist the reason that kevin's so successful is that you you move you'll find a solution no matter what in that like remember back in the day i forget if it, what previous era of our first startup but the site came down campus word <laughs> yeah, yeah we right. had we, so had we had a we had a startup in college dating us like 2000 we this graduated 2007 from hamilton yeah. kevin and i uh greg and i actually grew up together in duxbury massachusetts but forgot that on the we'll, intro we'll yeah. get yeah we'll get into the backstories. our our history of success at the talent show <laughs> um but we we didn't really know who was hosting our website. The hosting provider was Host Ventures. Yeah, they were ex AOL folks that I think were just more or less rich party boys at this point. Good for them. They were like hanging out in Vegas a lot. I remember yeah, calling right. the gentleman. Yeah. It was late at night and calling him. Hey, it looks like our campus word site has been hacked, and uh, he was. There was obviously club music in the background. I'm like, well, he's not going to be any help <laughs> to me for another couple of hours. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, we we unhacked the site. Well, I remember we, you and Greg just we. like tackling me. And I was yeah, like, we, oh, no. I mean, this was, <laughs> in hindsight, probably not as big of a deal as we thought, but it felt like well, a big deal. Well, with zero unique yeah. side up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the site's down, mission critical. McCarthy figured out, McCarthy is a completely self-taught technologist, Yeah. figured out how to get it back up. And yeah, I mean, we did, we threw you to the ground yeah. in celebration, painful, but it painful. was it's all out of love. Yeah, so of I do think like early stage technologists is very different. Like when you're starting from complete scratch, it's different than getting pulled into something operational. Totally. So obviously that's your strength. Yours yeah. is probably the clearest. Yeah. Well, uh, no, but I, I'll, I'll do both of you guys. Now oh, too. thanks. Uh, Greg's got a, uh, weird hybrid of both analytical and uh people uh interfacing that i don't think a lot of other individuals have 
um, throw him in front of a customer, any other type of individual, and he uh, uh, is a great representative of the organization, gets the other person excited about what it is they're doing. Very uh, evangelical in that sense. And then analytic. I don't know why I'm looking at you. I feel like it's even weirder just looking at Greg. <laughs> <I'm right here. laughs> um, and then uh, analytical. Uh, and that uh, piece of Greg's mind uh, has applicability in like 20 different things that a startup needs to be good at. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously couldn't have done any of it without both of those components, Greg. You know, uh, it's interesting. It's, I'll let you go. Not a lot of people go from startup generalists to specialized focus in a later stage company so gomer did everything from setting up like but literally anything you and i weren't doing and we had very specific jobs yeah everything else was great yeah so (laughs) setting up like business operations going to all the startups getting one side of the original venture app marketplace built up uh and then ultimately, now he runs finance. Yeah. So it's a, but I always but thought your knack, your, was, your knack has always been finance. Yeah, like you were, sure. well, you came you were, from the you world were, of fidelity previously, so he was in the finance world. Yeah, but I, his knack is finance, yeah, too, no, right? He's, like, he's at home in yeah, finance. Yeah, yeah. He's a very comfortable. He, off. Likes, yeah, <laughs> he, like, he <laughs> likes vests. Yeah, yeah. Big, yeah. I didn't wear a vest. It's perfect he, fall he's the only guy who doesn't have a Mac here. Yeah. He's got that stupid little red ball in the middle of his keyboard. (laughs) I I just had to buy a new keyboard because my little red ball. Because with the red ball, it's nice because I keep my hands on the keyboard. You you engineers know that. Hands on keyboard. You got to hear that clack, not yakety yak. But it's interesting. You know, you think about starting to be a Wall Street guy. Yeah, in actually, life, sure. sure. Maybe, yeah. sure. Maybe, maybe in my next life. Yeah, yeah. private equity, hedge fund kind of guy. If, if yes, no socks. Yeah, I would like for to go sure. back in time. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody out there is hiring, um, <laughs> no. But it's interesting that that generalist to to specialist, right? That that's tricky. That's been a very that's been a big challenge and and something that I've had to overcome. But I think that's so important, even in the early stages, even as specialized as as you you can be, or you want to be, or you have to be. There are fires, and there are things that you just have to do. Right? It's mm-hmm. that like kind of gut check iron stomach of like well if you look around the room if nobody else is doing it you better do it right there's because mm-hmm. you, you need to survive right it's that fight yeah. or flight mentality and you have to, you have to get that then of course right as we scale that type of person can't scale and so right. there's a challenge in itself for morphing into that right that's a good question uh and then my job i mean get money yeah get the checks that tom mentioned and checks people. right checks get money yeah but I also think you do a really good job of uh, seeing the forest, not trees, articulating uh, a vision, getting people. Ex- Dude, you used to, you, we used to have teammates at those early startups that weren't getting paid. They were just bought in on the vision <laughs> that you were spitting. So right, and you're talking about that's the two a of us, set. right? You're talking that's about the Mark two of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. well, yeah well, no, I, I mean, like, those checks are in the mail, though. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you, that's coming Yeah, if you see check 143, tear that one right up. I'll send in 144 right now. Mark, Mark Danino, one of our early investors, used to say, if you want to be in the job of tech startups and starting a company he's like you have to be able to tom sawyer and he meant the parent i I didn't read tom sawyer i didn't do a lot of the assigned reading in school um except for the preamble yeah well and he said that apparently in tom sawyer he convinces he's got to paint a fence and he convinced all the other kids to do it for free and he still collected on it so uh that was the lesson that i got when you're first getting started you got to get get people to the fence uh yeah i mean listen vision's a huge thing and but 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 the 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 most critical thing which i've seen you know over the last 15 years or so working together is identifying the right people at the right time to bring around you and that is that in of itself is incredible because obviously you need money right in the ceo's job to keep the company well capitalized but it's also when to bring on the right people to scale through a company at the first time it's just when you're starting a company it's right who's around you but then you have to be laser-like focus on this person can get us to that next level. And who is that person? What does that person look like? And I know it's too early for that person. It's too late for that person. That is so critical because people are why we're successful today, right? I mean, this, this the staff that we have, right? The folks that we have, mm-hmm. uh, hat tip to everyone I'm out there. But that is so critical early stage to get the people, the building block to then scale, right? The teams. Right. Very different people, different stages too. Mm-hmm. So 
All right, so we'll get through Venture App so we can get to HQO because people know us for HQO. Right. (laughs) So we're a business concierge. We got to a million dollars in annual recurring revenue pretty quick, like eight, nine months. Yep. So our run rate was good, um, but we're churning customers like crazy. Left and right. It was hard to keep up the demand. It was a leaky bucket. Yeah, we were closing supply side on that way faster than closing demand side yeah and who would have thought that finding small businesses at the exact right time that they were looking for a law service would be difficult yeah it wasn't a product (laughs) no it was a service yeah and we're trying to build it like a software product yeah and it was very difficult so we went into there was a little in-between period where we thought linkedin was broken in that and there are elements of this but not really no there aren't elements of it actually (laughs) Um, you don't chat with people that you're close to on LinkedIn. So like on Facebook, on WhatsApp, like on the more kind of private life, social tools, you're engaging with the people that you're closest to on LinkedIn, like your closest business connections. You're not like engaging with on LinkedIn. We're like, that feels backwards. There needs to be something to connect you to the, to the closest, your closest business connections. And this one I find frustrating because we created like public chats. So people would be having like what looked like a text message conversation, but other people could watch. And (laughs) this is the second time I was thinking about this. So Kevin and I, Greg, we previously, before we landed on our first company, had a company called Pinata, which Mm. like the idea was pinning content to a profile which is Pinterest, right? Like, same thing. All right, before Pinterest. Right. It was we before, before Pinterest. I couldn't find the email where Pinterest asked us for yeah. pin it. That would have been great. To yeah, have. I might be able to dig that up. Yeah, please. But long story short, we had the right idea, wrong execution. We were kind of focused on the news. They were focused on image-based content, which is far more compelling. We never got off the ground. They did. Um, public chats. Have you guys followed Clubhouse at all? Yeah, yeah. I was, that's why I was looking up the name. I was trying. I was just yeah. looking at my phone. The name. I was like, "This, this we, is we it's had, here. It's, it's here. It again, it's the most it elite because you uh, want to know what people don't want to do. Silicon Valley startup. Right read. Now. This is the second time hmm. where we were like, people enjoy reading. People don't enjoy reading. Hmm. It's like, and what is what's Clubhouse? Is Clubhouse it like a Discord is an audio? It's just uh, it's it's a very kind it's of like, chat as content. Yet audio and super restricted. It's like, like it's like Andreessen Silicon. Yeah, it's like it's like Andreessen and like Will Smith hop in a chat room and start talking about COVID. Is and it like, like podcast, but the medium can, is chatting. It's, li- it's, it's live, live, no, but it's audio, and it's that's audio. what my point. Like you're not waiting for somebody to type. Yeah, it's just <laughs> wa- listening yeah. to a live conversation. Yeah, but so how could you applaud comments? It's talk radio, but it's like groups of people and it's got some functionality where like you can tag people into the conversation i mean it's the worst but, but we well, again we another theme show. of people yeah. like collecting content pinterest the kind of like listening in on a conversation but again we were making people read so mm. we got to stop doing that uh, <laughs> but we're on hqo anyway so that didn't work and we we're kind of dead in the water right dead in the water Gave our money, gave money back to clients, right? I mean, we, we canceled all of our subscriptions yep. yeah. when we pivoted to chat. Yeah. Gave every money, gave all the money back, no clients. Um, had, you know, had those tough, tough discussions with the sales team. We weren't selling a product anymore, yeah. but, you know. Um, yeah, we had to do layoffs. New staff, yeah. new staff. It was March uh, of 2017 when that happened, yeah. right? Cause- and then, you know, kind of hunkered down for, for what was, felt like an eternity of what are we doing? And we what tried. We, doing, we tried right? a bunch of things between March and September. Yeah, a lot of software written, a lot of different little pivots on yeah. a non-existent problem and an ineffective solution right. during that time. And then September, September, commercial real estate. Yeah. So I was having a conversation with um, I don't remember David, David McLaughlin, right? But I think something so. Colin Greenhall and I were always talking about commercial real estate. So Colin Greenhall was, he is our commercial real estate broker. He's a big, when he wants to be. Yeah. So he's technically our broker. Technically. He worked at a firm called (laughs) T3. Emphasis on the bro. (laughs) Then he worked at Trust. um, And he and I were always talking about how commercial real estate was kind of archaic and slow to move on tech and all this stuff. So we had been riffing on that for 
couple of years. Um, and then I had a conversation with Dave McLaughlin at WeWork and he was saying, look, you guys have built all this kind of like business community functionality. Yeah. And he was like, and at WeWork, we're, you know, we're, we're looking to do similar stuff. You should talk to the product team, all that. So when WeWork was a thing still. Yeah, WeWork was, oh, it was the uh, hottest thing. Yeah, it they was were hot. the hottest September thing. September 2017, that was hot. And I got sent, <laughs> you know, I went down to WeWork HQ in Manhattan. Oh, God, what was that guy's name? Uh, doesn't matter yeah. who it was. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll anonymize. Yeah. Just iced them. The, iced them. Yeah. So I would, you know, we're, we're running low on cash. Oh, yeah. Like we are back against the wall. And I'm, this was probably our, our glimmer of hope. I'm like, all right, we could get a partnership with WeWork. They were also buying a ton of stuff that they companies, in, yeah. obviously now shouldn't have been buying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that could be us. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I remember sitting in the lobby. I have a vivid memory of I'm sitting in the lobby and it didn't feel like an office. It felt like an EDM concert. Yeah. And like there are like 22 year olds everywhere. And they're I'm, all DJs. And it's like, yeah, they're all, they all look like DJs. It's like. It's two o'clock on a Tuesday. Yeah. And I'm like, where am I? Like, yeah. these people can't be getting any work done. Yeah. And a young woman came out and she's like, you're here to meet with so and so. And I won't say his name. And she's like, yeah, he's not coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no. Company's and dying. She's like, yeah. a meeting. And she's like, but like, I'll talk to you. And I'm like, all right. She's like, well, thank work. you very much. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, she had to just graduated from college too and she's like so what are you doing she spilled the tea yeah she she went full kimono she was like this place is a mess (laughs) yeah well but she was she went through all of the um, she she looked at our software and was like what you guys have built is much better than what we have for our tenant portal right she's like have you thought about commercial real estate and you know my mind starts racing in the meeting like i can't like we're dead and she was saying like we work's kind of a mess like I don't have enough engineers on my team, all this stuff. So I leave. I was pretty defeated, but I got connected through a couple more phone calls to one of the people who had been like involved in the SoftBank investment at WeWork. And they were like, you know, you should be looking at um, selling technology to landlords because they're all scared of WeWork. Mm-hmm. And WeWork is, um, you know, they're, the majority of their capital has to go into real estate services in the physical space and prop tech. I don't even think he called it that, but he was like selling, selling technology to landlords. It's going to be a thing. You should do that. Mm-hmm. So at this point, <laughs> after we've been dead in the water, I remember going back to the team and being like, I can't just be like, <laughs> we're going into commercial real estate tech of which we have zero background. We're hopping like, in. My, my credibility was probably wasn't the highest <laughs> with everybody. So I remember putting together the pitch deck where I called it like reality tour. And I, I walked yeah. everybody through the conversations I've been having on like the harsh reality of where we are, but these commercial real estate groups seem interesting. So I talked but, to yeah. probably like four or five brokers Colin Greenhall got us introduced to a ton of people in commercial real estate. He just was like pounding the pavement for us. Um, ended up getting a bunch of connections where people, there was enough of like a, hey, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like software is interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, but, but it was also, this, you know, Char, you, you talked about scare tactic. We were too. Like right. that played very early on. Yeah. Well, it's like we were going to eat your lunch. You know, they're valued at a tech company. They're a tech Arbitrage. company, right? Yeah. And yet yeah. they weren't. But that, that, you know, layered on to the story, right? The and why? Yeah. 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 And I remember we, I put together like a learnings deck. I was like, here's what we've learned. Mm-hmm. We work. That'd be great to find that deck. The co- I got I'm it. I'm sure we yeah, got it. Cool. I got it. Yeah. It's in the, when new employees join HQO, they see Is that some the original? of the slides. And it still says, <laughs> I was so lazy. I didn't even make the uh, slide. It still said venture app on <laughs> the deck. Classic. Yeah. And, uh. <laughs> We had one slide that had a picture of boats burning, remember? Yeah. Like, I went through the, the learnings the in the last slide and was like, we got to burn the boats. We only have enough cash to which, take, like, a shot at one minimum viable product, which for the commercial real estate people, MVP is, like, the leanest version of a product that you can put in the hands of a customer that's viable to go to market with. So, we have one bullet on MVP, and I kind of made the case for, like, we should 
you know, we work, if you look at other physical asset businesses in just take Uber and Lyft and Airbnb, they went into physical asset businesses, obviously cars, transportation and hotels. And they didn't try to lease arbitrage the physical space because from a capital standpoint, that's like insanely capital intensive. What they did was they facilitated the customer experience through software. And for the non-tech, everyone in tech reads Stratechery, the blog by Ben Thompson. And it's like completely played out at this point, but aggregation theory where he talks about how the old way to dominate an industry was to control the supply and then build distribution and the like example of that um disney owned the physical films and then they had a distribution company but they didn't own the experience of the movie theaters where they're playing the movies for the customer right and then in the new world netflix you own the distribution and you aggregate demand through digital interface and you create an exceptional customer experience now netflix has since gone into the supply side of producing their own content but you look at Uber, they didn't like on a large scale lease arbitrage cars. Mm -hmm. They created an experience, a better ride experience through software facilitating demand with supply. Same thing with Airbnb. They didn't lease arbitrage to begin. Now they're getting into physical space ownership, but you start at demand and you work down into supply versus supply building up into demand and distribution. And when you looked at commercial real estate, we were like, we work has proven the need for better experience, but they've got the model wrong. And Mm, what we need to do is go to the owners of the supply and say, you need to own the relationship. You need to own the relationship with the end user of your building. And you need to start to collect data on how people actually use your product, the asset. And so I think, I don't know if you guys will know better. I don't know if people are excited or if they're just like, well, we we only have one option anyway. So yeah, okay, we'll do it. 20. No. no. 12. 13. Uh, I thought it was. Brendan Bash, Kate Milson, Kate Sullivan, Katie Sullivan, Danny Muda. McCarthy, Dan O'Connell, Dan O'Connell, Zach Katie Driscoll, Zach Tumory, JD, Diego. Cool. Um, Dan McCarthy. Did you already mention that? Him? So I, yeah, I, I, think I, I think we were like, I, I don't Jared. think it's as low as 12. I think it was probably 15. I we'll split the middle. Yeah. 15 fine. We'll split it. Want to go half season? You on said that? 20. Want to go half season? I'll go 12. Yeah. Which one were we at peak? Like 40, 50? Yeah. Yeah. We were yeah. up there. Yeah. We were yeah, 40. We were down to, yeah. Yeah. That, like that, that, I think we got 2017 to 12, was a 12. tough year. Yeah. Well, we got to 12. <laughs> but, 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 you know, the interesting thing, right? So, so that sound, right? It sounded great. It sound, sounded good, right, everybody? Uh, swipe up to see the deck. Uh, that you're talking about. Um, Investors, possibly. <laughs> it sounded good. You know, it was one of those, it was one of those moments where, you know, you look inwards at a, at a startup and yourself, right? We were a group of 15 people, call it, right, who have gone through a lot together. And it's one of those things where you'll never experience and you don't know what that's like until you lived. You've never seen, and I'm making it sound worse than it is, but your company's failing. It's going under. That has an emotional toll on you. And yet 100%. there is a glimmer of hope. Um, and then you look around and everybody's still there and everybody's like, I think we fucking got this. Yeah. <laughs> and that in of itself was the most inspiring moment, I think, at this company was looking around. There were still 15 of us ready to go like a true Rearing family to, to make to it to make it happen. And yet yeah. it, it was it was a it was a great idea. It was a good idea. It sounded like a good idea at the time. No tech, it was a deck again, right? Yeah. Just like the last one. Um, but you look <laughs> around you and there was a team who was ready to go. And that was the most critical thing. You know, when you think about startups, right? Everybody's like your startup mentality and whatever it is early on. Or, you know, I thought about it. it was just, it was like, you know, what do the Goonies say? Goonies never say die or something. Like that. <laughs> That's what it was, right? For mm-hmm. us, um, you know, with no cash in the bank and, and, and a failing company, you look around <laughs> and we had the right people at the right time yeah. to get through this. That's what um, we got the right market time. And, we, and so you know, oh market time was incredible. Right? On market. That was, <laughs> we used all of our luck. We planned right, right, yeah, yeah, we planned right on that. Um, it was the right time for Procter. Incredible. Yeah. WeWork pushes landlords. All right, we got yeah. we got to pay. WeWork was masquerading as a tech company. Yeah. So they were like, all right, we need tech, I think. Yeah. Yep. So it opened up the... And we fir- first line of code was October 14th. Um, and that was at 101 Tremont when we were still in that office. And it was the front end team building a React Native app with yep. the hopes of just 
getting something in a usable state by November, the right before Thanksgiving. Yep. We had a pre-flight app that we were like, okay, this is something. It was but, limited features. But you like, know what the best thing about it? When we went to the first meeting, right? And this was in, what, January, February. You had taken a bunch of meetings. But yeah, we, we had a When I went to your first run. meeting with Jamestown yep. early on. January. E- even today, one of the things we hear about our competitors is, is they don't have a technology or, or we were smoke putting some people's hands. We went into the meeting and Chase and I went into the meeting with an app. Yeah. Now it failed like right before and we're texting Kev yeah. like, dude, it's broken. It's not, it's not opening. It's not working. I hope it doesn't ask. But the, but the thing of it is, even before that, we went in with the truth mentality of we actually have something. Yeah. We have a technology for building. We're yeah. not a WeWork. We're not one of our competitors or whatever. They're doing the smoke this and is just we can do. This is a real mobile yeah. app and it's on our phones and you can swipe through and start to see it. Now it was limited, yeah. but it was real. Yeah, but it was a real app. And real we app. went, so October 14th, the uh, like first couple weeks of January. Now how we got into Jamestown is also one of the craziest stories because my wife works at Reebok. Reebok is a big tenant mm-hmm. of the Jamestown building. And so, like, in the depths of our despair, <laughs> I get dragged to... Not dragged. I was super excited to be there, honey. Uh, I, get, I get brought... Great time. <laughs> luckily brought to a Reebok work event. <laughs> luckily brought. Yeah. yeah, I've never heard that. <laughs> well, luck is good because yeah. it led to... Standing at this event, it's lat- like there's music and people... You know, it's mm-hmm. a bunch of people that work out at CrossFit and they're yeah. just, like, so jacked up. Yeah. And I'm standing in the corner like, oh, we're dead in the water. Yeah. Like, and uh, hopefully her career Reebok's going well. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> this guy is standing next to me. And you guys know, I like if there's background noise, like I'm so deaf, I can't hear anything. Mm-hmm. And this guy was polite and he's asking me like, oh, you work at Reebok? I'm like, nah, I wish. Uh, and <laughs> and nah, he's man. like, what do you do? And I... I yeah, I mustered up enough energy to give like a spirited pitch about. <laughs> so wait, 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 hold on. If you don't make that spirited pitch, Later. Don't we don't make it. We don't so make it. Oh I, I don't Jesus know who this guy is, and I'm like, <laughs> ah, it's boy. If you're not in commercial real estate, it's boring. And he's like, try me, and I'm like, it's it's called SpaceWorks. Remember, no. we weren't called yeah, HBO. Yeah, that's right, SpaceWorks. And he's and he kind of looked at me like that's a terrible name, but he was nice and he heard me out. And I took the app, like the designs we had of it and i pulled it up and i'm like here's kind of what we have on the phone blah blah blah. and he's like that's really interesting he starts asking like informed questions and i'm like oh cool wait a sec who are you and i'm like are you working at reebok he's like no i run the building and i'm like no way he turned out to be the asset manager my boy shake no way yeah (laughs) no way man you in (laughs) he hands me his card but at the time i didn't make the connection because i couldn't hear anything so loud so i kind of like take his card and I was like, I don't want to say I was rude because I tried to be nice to everybody, but I was definitely kind of like, yeah, man, I got to go home, man. Oh, like, man. I'm tired. Oh, man. And <laughs> I, I get there, home, yeah. I look at the card, and I'm like, Jamestown. I'm like, holy shit. And mm-hmm. I fire an email to the guy, and he kind of laughed. Like, he knew I hadn't made the connection oh, in the moment. And he invites me back. He was nice. He invites me what? back, and I get there, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, man. When it's loud, I can't hear anything. He's like, it's totally cool. <laughs> And they ended up being, you know, we got, he, he introduced us to Dave Himmel there. Yep. Dave Himmel and squad are, are literally were our first customer. Yep. And with our investors, Accomplice, after all that, like, I, when the team got on board, we had to go and, you know, tell the people who gave us money, by the way, we're, we're Damn having it. a commercial real estate new, technology idea. Yeah. new idea. Yeah. New idea. Hold on. <laughs> new idea. You, know, you can get the, in on the ground floor. Yeah, are you looking to get in on the ground re- level? Uh, I went back. I was like, "Venture app's dead," and here's what we're doing. And I remember Ryan Moore, who's on our board and supported us during Venture App, kind of sat there and he goes, "Sales cycle is going to be a nightmare." And I'm like, <laughs> "He's like, it's an enterprise sales cycle." I'm like, "Well, I ran into this guy last night who looks ready." To <laughs> I'm one for one, baby. <laughs> He's a buyer today. Time to close. Three minutes. <laughs> and he's just like rolling in his eyes like, oh, my God. He's like, you. He's like, and he goes, he's like, if you can sell one landlord. Every three minutes. Yeah. Well, if you can sell one landlord, he's oh, like, I'll think about giving you a bridge. And I'm like, challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. grind out the minimum viable product. We get the app going. We go and pitch January. He's right. It's an enterprise sales cycle. 
we closed our first we closed jamestown and one other landlord mid-march march March. yep mid-march and i remember going back was it district there was so. yeah it was it was Nat Dev and then it was um Bullfinch was early Bullfinch was yeah. early James so we got three yep yeah three I March. going back being like boom we didn't sell one we sold three and for people who don't work with venture capitalists important to know that their business model is built it's Babe Ruth baseball right low batting percentage but mm-hmm. high home run. Right. So these guys swing for the fence. It's built into the business model is failure. They don't mind if portfolio companies fail. They what they need to do is oh, make the sure they have, right. you know, 10x plus, depending on what stage. So it's kind of hard. It's really hard to be a venture capitalist w- during tough times with a portfolio company. It's easy to be a venture capitalist with good times. And like they bridged us when they really didn't have to. No. And like that. That goes a long way. Also, smart investment because at the valuation that we're at at the time, right after they gave us the bridge, we ended up closing the initial investments from Navitas, JLL, yep. Jamestown came on board, uh, Pritzker Group. Who else did we have in that crew? Metaprop. Metaprop was in on it. We and had- then all those, that investment group was all had strategic well as you say one of the one of the biggest telling things was our first clients wanted to invest as well yeah. not only did they want to yeah. buy the product for their buildings they wanted to buy into the company they saw the vision they saw the future of prop tech they saw where things were going right uh, on a short term it was put it in your building long term hey we need to get a part of this right we see this across our portfolio more broadly we see it across the market so in addition to we named the early employees that drove it but it was ryan moore at accomplice yep Travis Putnam at Navitas, yep. Mahir at JLL, uh, Abe Greenbaum, who is at Pritzker, Dak uh, Schwartzman at Metaprop. There are a bunch of Divco. people. Divco, Steve, Steve, my boy, Steve Novick, yep. still one of my, my favorite clients. Yep. Uh, Dave Himmel, yep. Jamestown. Uh, who else came in? On that? I think that's it. I think you mentioned most. Yep. We had some. We had a, a number of smaller angels, but uh, we had, some, we had a bunch Hirsch. of smaller. Yeah, some of the Blackstone guys or whatever. Yeah, maybe, David yeah, Hirsch was yeah. just left Blackstone. He was yeah. big. Uh, very rare. Very yeah, rare. I think that's unique. And there's definitely other industries where it happens, but not quite in like the party round that commercial real estate does. Because commercial real estate, those guys are investors. You know, a lot we're dealing with asset managers, mm-hmm. so they're kind of investors at heart. And they all buy and sell buildings. They go in you know, joint to and projects. From. Yeah, there's joint. Yeah, joint yeah. ventures. There's just a so lot. It's of, more like a lot of... than it is like true competitors in market. Right. There's a little bit of a and a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. type situation. They're still very competitive, but uh, yeah, that was and we came from media where that would never happen. Right, like it's just not. Um, NBC and ABC are not trying to get behind the same thing. No. Um unless you're hula but um yeah so that was big that gave us a boost mid 2018 yeah that was june that was june was through september hot, hot. oh we were like oh we got a winner here right? from the dead and i will say one of the bet like one of the better feelings was you know when you're a venture portfolio company and you go to the vc events and you're doing terrible it's pretty obvious because nobody really wants to talk to you. And, we and the board sh- meetings are quick. Yeah, like, you know, they don't like, have time for the yeah, board meetings. Yeah. It's like, hey, why don't yeah, we do this we're, by we're email? We're writing you off yeah, anyways. Yeah, so. right Hard to pin down. And I remember after that showing up and they were like... Excited. That was one of the most unbelievable turn... turn like, you guys go from a chat app for businesses to commercial real estate technology. Yeah. They were like, unbelievable. With yeah. some of the top 200 landlords in the first six months of life as clients and now investors. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, that was a hell of a feeling. The, and the product at the time, I'm sorry to change gear here, but the product no. at the time was uh, uh, content within the uh, confines of an app, like events. There's a lot of community. It was a community, community right? Community stuff. And um, I believe we had a real-time chat element as well that we since have killed sticking hot no we still got chat in there. well it's not real time <laughs> well <then. laughs> <Blayden>. <laughs> yeah no um but yeah no i think it was just very very community centric and then very soon thereafter did we realize oh there's a whole world of 
yeah. integrations that were going to Right. This, this is a real tech company. Yeah, yeah. Founder Market Fit, which we were talking about earlier, they were like, these guys build communities successfully at their at the media play. This is this, this is, is what work. they can do at the building level. And then what we figured out was like this is a plat like yeah. there's a much bigger platform here. Yeah. Right. That came but that came as in we scale. Yeah. yeah. But when you think about the feeling, right? I think as a whole, founders and, and early stage technology uh startup boys are just delusional, straight up delusional. Um I knew we had it. And yet we were dead. Like we we, we were dead. So so that feeling was like yeah. Some more delusional than others. We, we yeah. got it. You know, I mean, we had no money. We were going to miss a payroll. We were that close, right? Yeah. Um, and we shared that in a, in a company tech way later on. Um, we got plenty of money now, guys. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but so, so there was that feeling of, yes, this is the right time. But it was like, I, I knew we could do it. Like, I, again, I go back to the group. We had gone through so much. We, 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 we could do it. We just needed that right, you know, luck of market timing. And, and ultimately, what was that idea and product? And this group could pull it off. So it was, it was an incredible feeling. Yeah. And I don't think we had ever, like on our first business, um, people enjoyed what we were doing. No, we were in pushing terms it. of market demand. Yeah. We were pushing Boulder up a hill. Like yeah. digital media well, was, from a business a model slog. was just brutal. Yeah. Yeah. slog. And Venture App was a slog. And uh this was this was catching the first market time and we to this day it was like it was like that lightning in a bottle i think i talked about that one of them my my onboarding things it was like we got incredibly lucky that lightning in a bottle thing you felt that that was palpable initially on when it was like oh my god this actually worked we turned it around we we sold the product we now all of a sudden have investors six months later it's like oh my god we you know series a where this is this is happening here what what just happened right and i remember customers those first handful of customers being very excited as well as the uh, tenant users were very excited too. I remember we launched at the IDB a couple of times. I forget why we called it launch twice, but you know the engineers were going there too and seeing how. Uh, oh, this is great! That first launch at the yeah. IDB yeah. went gangbusters. Yeah, yeah, it was very exciting people to see it. people liking the product yeah. that you spent a lot when of time everybody on. else like our product bothered people before we're like yeah. Wait, what do we have these guys are asking for a favor what yeah. are we gonna do in public chat? there was a lot of favors yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. used them all up yeah, but yeah so good point. it was nice to see people like it and to use it yeah and there was that epiphany oh my god yeah this does yeah. this is working in my building yeah i can do x y and z this is making it easier for me yeah. this is a true experience upgrade right to yeah. what was here right things were exciting at that point for sure which is funny because it like when we when we started the first company it was 2008, right after you mean graduation, and yeah, and it was obviously the financial issues and what happened with the mortgage crisis, and we just like we cut our teeth being like we were 22 years old and we didn't know, you know, when you're young you don't pay attention to the economy, right? And mm-hmm. it's like I don't know, it's just always hard. That was kind of like how we. <laughs> I was like, yeah. we were like, this is what it's always like, right? So we cut our teeth in 08, 09 being like, yeah, it's like this living is a lean. brutal, this living brutal world we've been living. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We go and spend all this money at Hamilton College and then yeah. we just get tossed into a brutal economy. Yep. So now it's kind of funny where like I was talking to a couple of people at HQO with COVID and I was like, this is going to sound a little sick, but like wartime, kind of like. It's the only time I actually <laughs> feel comfortable. Like when things yeah. are going really well, I, I don't. get too paranoid in good times. Yeah, yeah, but then the shot clock was on, right? For that was a relatively limited amount of capital. You know, now it was like, well, shit, we gotta, we actually need to build this, yeah. and we need to continue to follow up, right? The, right? Like things haven't even really begun yet. We need to follow. We need to to you know blitz. And I think it was that next level of uh, growth that we had, right? Mm-hmm. The types of employees that we were able to attract were yeah. absolutely incredible. Oh my god, this this person wants to join and hey we yeah we can pull this in and look at the continued pipeline that we have look at the continued customers that we have look at the launch that we have and ultimately you know it culminated right you know last year uh you know with the b round yeah um but i think that was that b round that was when you know people who had written us off with you know venture app then it was like whoa yeah well no people were <laughs> wait a sec surprised you guys yeah, just raised 30 surprised. Yeah. Bl- I don't contemporaries were surprised yeah, yeah. and i remember oh, you guys I, mean, I got turned down by Everybody in the game in Boston Venture, and I I get why they passed totally. at the time. A good so pass, good pass, good pass. Yeah, pass. yeah no, I, but I did want pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good <laughs> passes always turn into bad passes. Right. You know. Well, we got a ways to go, but I'll. I would say that uh, when 
when you when we brought on Insight, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people were like, Venture App is stupid. And, and a lot of fair, fair. Yep. And then they're like, well, we like those guys, but like, ah, man, we really don't want to meet with them and tell them no. Yeah. Like, ah, but whatever this new thing is, it's probably stupid. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> not going to work. Yeah. And like, they're, they're good guys, but I don't think they're, they've got it. Yep. And then I think, I mean, we heard from a lot of people on the insight round because insight is, I mean, they're they're top of the top of the game. They're a kingmaker. They're big. Yeah, they're you big. don't you don't, and particularly in, pro, I mean, they're very successful across a lot of different investment areas within technology. But they did VTS, like they've done commercial real estate tech before. I think they did Argus. Um, so I think people were like, "Hold on, what are these guys doing?" Again? Yeah, they're in commercial. They went from media yep. to commercial real estate tech, and the, uh, and the size round. Now, of course, like you just mentioned, we have a long way to go. Now is when now is when we have to build a real company. Yeah, and right? this is the and, thing. And, like for people in the startup world, not the commercial real estate world, but people in the startup world, you see like Series B, thirty four million dollar round from Insight. You're like, man, they've made it. Right, celebrate. No, not, they've made it. Yeah, no. That's not it at all. The Problems, real work literally yeah. just started. Problems yeah. get bigger. Uh, but that's the most. Ex- I mean, that's the most exciting thing, right? Over this past year, right? I'm sure you get into that with a couple other episodes, but. Now the opportunity we have, right? You have that capital in the bank. All of the vision and the product and the strategy that everybody else out there has brought in, that we now have the capital and the war chest to execute. We, we have a shot at building what, what we want to build, yeah. um, which is an incredible opportunity. I mean, not yeah, a lot like of people right on earth get this kind of our slog yeah. from 2008 to, you know, we closed to be around December of 2019. It, it feels fitting that it's like, Okay, and here's the pandemic. Well, yeah. so so we sell to commercial <laughs> real estate. Together. Things are good. Be around this amazing. Come out of the winter. Nobody's allowed in an office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, shit. Okay, yeah. so we're selling to commercial. No one's allowed back. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but this will be good. I do. Yeah, but I do think it's we can do. We should spend a little bit of time on why you're bullish or oh why if if you guys are yeah I am but why um, you're because. Uh, why I'm bullish um, even during, I think uh, COVID actually kind of helped us in a weird way, underline that landlords and users were obviously coming into the buildings. They had a physical relationship with their tenants, so they didn't need to worry about other means of reaching those tenants, other channels. They had a physical one. They could put a sign up in the lobby to educate people coming in. Um, without them coming to the office every day, they needed a digital representation or a digital way to communicate with those end users or have a different avenue to communicate with them. Um, and I think that's probably expedited conversations for us with expansion with customers more so than hurt us um, in so much that we are the only digital representation, right? We're not, um, and we do some on-prem stuff, but uh, bullish on it, bullish on it. Yeah, I mean, extremely bullish. I mean, I wasn't at, at it for a few weak moments. Um, Those first two weeks were tough. You know, modeled 80% revenue loss. And, and mm-hmm. you know, what does it look like to, to have to uh, weather the storm? Um, but, you know, kind of what you were saying, you know, there's a degree of acceleration of technology given given a pandemic, right? If you think about the need and desire for landlords, right, to, to, to be in contact with their tenants and to, to continue those relationships in a market where not millions thousands hundreds of thousands of square feet hit the sublease market every day it's very important for landlords to be in close contact with their tenants right and the tenant users i mean it's incredible you need to build an experience to something that you couldn't physically go to anymore right um the thing that really excites me and to where we're going you know with covid obviously the the sheer amount of information and data that landlords can get about the building but when you think about what's so critical about office spaces and what we can do is we can help you know, truly bring people back to the office. We can bring people back safely. We can bring people back effectively. And what an office means to a lot of companies is 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 productivity. It's life. It's efficiency. People are yearning to get back into routines and daily life. And and we can play a critical role in bringing them back into their normal yeah. everyday life. There's a lot of humanity locked up in and office making those tenants you know? more efficient and more effective with their jobs, which yeah. only continues to help um you know the landlords and, and who are our true customers right yeah yeah i mean you guys heard me we had an all hands the other day and i talked about why i'm optimistic 
uh, as applied to and kind of fit in for the Let's Go show. But you know, we do all hands every month. And one of the questions we're getting from employees was about, you know, what are our thoughts on you know, the future of the mm-hmm. office? And wh- if, you, if you read some of the headlines, like it's, it feels sensational in April when you're 30 days into a pandemic that nobody knows anything <laughs> about. And you have companies being like, we've learned so much in 30 days that we're going to drastically change how we get employees. The office together. is dead. Who needs it? Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a little jarring, right? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. Barclays came out and they're like, office is dead. 60 days later, office is probably not dead. And we're probably going of course back. Not. So 90 days later, everybody's back in on the trading floor. We're <laughs> yeah, back, baby. This, right. This stinks. <laughs> yeah. But humans need that though. They need a place to cohabitate with coworkers, like-minded individuals, Right. Uh, for their own benefit, for the benefit of the organization, they're probably better people at home if they have eight hours a day with other humans working on something, you know? I yeah. don't, it's not going away, you know? No, it, I, as we talk about, the, the kids on the internet call it IRL, I guess, in real life. Yeah. Hashtag so those we, kids, huh? Yeah, Hashtag. We, <laughs> Swipe up. Yeah. <laughs> but we went through just... Applying let's go, right? Learning. When you think about onboarding new employees, particularly young employees who don't have a lot of work experience, but even like we've onboarded a couple of executive level people during the pandemic. And if you're sitting by yourself at your house and you're trying to like build relationships, when you're sitting in the office, you can overhear a conversation. You learn about how does the company talk? How do they operate? How do they problem solve? Like what's the etiquette? Um, learning is just like you learning is lost remotely. And I I mean, we're obviously seeing this with school age kids, right? Like they just can't learn remotely. So like learning is lost. When you think about excellence, I was talking about the studies where um, competition in group always drives performance, right? So they were looking at British cyclists. When you ride in a pack, you always go faster. They're looking at kids. They they did this study and I forget if this was University of Indiana or Michigan, but um they gave kids fishing rods and they'd be the reel would be out and they'd time them on mm. how quickly they could reel in the fishing rod and they did it alone and a hundred percent of the time when they did it in pairs yeah. they did it faster yeah. competition like when you think about excellence you know when you're when you're in a group setting and everyone is behaving social a dynamics way, social dynamics influence your own per- person yeah for yeah. sure and this is the one thing like when you're reading the headlines and the business press that companies it's not a popular thing to say but like at home you're not going to be as good as you are in an environment with like-minded professionals mm-hmm. pushing you so like the totally. whole accountability thing not popular but again one of our values is truth so we talk openly about this with our employees where we're like not exactly what people want to hear but none of us are going to be at our best isolated right mm-hmm. um no human is right they show like on the study show that if a human living by themselves has a much a shorter life expectancy than a human living in a group like centurions people who live to 100 are almost entirely still part of a community still mm-hmm. part of a village or whatever yeah humans need other humans around them to be effective happy and healthy you totally. know totally. and uh the office is a big piece of that it's not going away 12 no. hours after that vaccine we're all back you know well, we we'll get into debating vaccines, but uh, <laughs> shouldn't. truth and goodness. The study from was again, I don't remember which was Michigan, which was Indiana, but um, business school students were put into teams of six, a bunch of teams of six. One group got to meet for 10 minutes in person before they played the game against other teams. And one group got to meet for 30 minutes virtually. And the teams that met virtually almost always lost because yeah. the the members of the team would put themselves above the team performance. So greed, yeah. compassion, and relationships and like team orientation comes from in real life mm-hmm. connections. And then we talked about speed, where you can just see with asynchronous communication on email and Slack and all these things, everything gets punted. Right, like it gets pushed to the next meeting. You can't just like walk over and be like, "Hey, I need to talk to you for five minutes." Solve this yeah. right now, rather than it's, it's right a sixty-minute Zoom or it's like a thirty-minute Slack, Slack where there's not an yeah. And back it's and way more Slack in Slack, like the two-minute water cooler. I always say like, "Hey, Jeff Bashand, how does this one little thing of mobile access work?" He tells me, and I'm like, "Perfect." Right. right. Otherwise, I have to craft an email, 
and I'm probably just not going to do it because that's a higher effort than just grabbing them. And same with Slack. You know, we're just so much faster when we cohabitate for the flyby conversations that we right. have. Right. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm op, uh, 2021 office. And then obviously, there's ownership. You got the last one. I don't even, Did I come up with one for ownership? I think so. Yeah. I don't think you would have forgotten it. I'm having a hard time remembering what you did for myself. Not great for it being ownership. No. <laughs> not remembering. I think I got. I think yeah. you did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I talked about accountability. You, got, you talked about accountability. Where Critical for us, yeah. You know, when you think, yeah, when you have to show up in a oh, meeting yes, and report okay, on okay, your okay, sales okay. pipeline or yeah, your yeah, commits yeah. and like what you, you know, what your tickets in the scrum process, like it's a little easier when you're sitting when you're in your pajamas yeah, and it's like ah oh, sorry it wasn't there whereas you're in the room in front of everybody looking at you and you're yeah. like yeah so ownership yep. for sure Definitely. in person accountability and i like the dynamic of when you're watching other people work you feel like you got to work like i don't think it's malicious but i do think when people are sitting at home it's an awful lot of distraction around you yeah yeah totally so on like so on like the built theme right what what we, you know, we went through a pretty long, right? How long has it been? Four hours. Uh, history of <laughs> the company, yeah. uh, which is pretty exciting is and, and, and fun. But what, what, what would be a, a lesson learned, right? Let's play either Shark Tank or, or Young Entrepreneur if there are folks out there. I think this first show would, would attract both, you know, startup folks, technology folks, entrepreneurs, or maybe even commercial real estate folks who do want to start a company. Um, what's, a, what's, a, what's a message to them? What's a lesson to them? Because... You know, you always hear about the overnight success. And to a lot of people in the commercial real estate world, bam, they saw HQL. Bam, you saw it with a bunch of funding, right? They didn't, they didn't hear this story. And it wasn't at all close to that. Yeah. But what is a, what is a lesson or a message to, to about I'm going to talk to our, commercial real estate people. Is that not that I don't care for my fellow <laughs> entrepreneur, but I don't. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I have ha- I'm interested in our customers yeah. right now because, like, they're the ones without people in their office mm. buildings. And, I do think like we're technology people and to build technology and get off the ground. Like I think some people think it's, um, it's kind of like a building, like all of the components are known. I wouldn't say it's commoditized, but a floor is a floor. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, when a building's complete from a build perspective, whereas technology, because it's malleable and bits change a lot easier than atoms, um, you're never done. And when you're never done, the only thing that you have to develop is the muscle of improvement over time. So, like, the longer you wait, like, the harder it's going to be to catch up, right? Because it's not not purely about here's the product that we're buying and we're getting it out. It's about here's the product we're buying and here's how we're going to make it work for us. And, like... Day in and day out, making it a part of the company's culture. Yeah, Yeah. and I, I think this is, like... Hard, and this is where like buying, and not just specifically to HQO, but technology in general, when it moves into more traditional industries that have not been, first off, they've worked for a really long time, have been very profitable, and the model, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. But this is something, you know, lease lengths are shorter, right? Business moves faster, so. You have to be more flexible. I think everybody in commercial real estate agrees with that coming out of COVID, right? Like we're going to have to mm-hmm. move faster, be more flexible. The only way you're really going to do that at scale with good margins is by being tech enabled. And I think like getting, getting people that are going to grow with technology is going to be critical for the industry. So I think a lot of people are selling products that are going to be the painkiller. Like this is going to save your business. And this doesn't necessarily behoove HQO, but I actually think they need to find people that are going to be able to adapt with technology, right? Like they need to get tech enabled people, software owners, they need, new the roles, they need people yeah. that can, that can move with technology. If you don't, the software you learners. just bought is more of a headache than a problem solver. Right. right. And uh, Ian, why I think I put this in Slack to the company, but Ian, why had just posted something that said, um, I'll pull up. So uh, only 28% of real estate owners have adopted more than two technology solutions as of March 2020. 60% of companies say competing priorities delay progress on the tech front. 58% say new systems don't integrate easily into existing infrastructure. HQO, here, right here. there, baby. There we go. And then 53 don't 
recognize that they don't have the in-house talent to adopt tech successfully, yeah. which that I think yeah. is. I think that's Again, like HQO. A- I mean, a lot of our success to date has been uh, customer centric and doing a lot of the software yep. um, services set, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they need tech tech people. It's gonna yeah. be interesting to see how how they what roles emerge in the next couple of years and what right. organ and like what departments within commercial real estate does that sit in, right? Yeah, right. Because what we see from large customers, it's cross functional. Right, where you see someone in the classic IT realm, you see someone in operations, you see someone in marketing, you're going to see someone in leasing to be a stakeholder in that universe as well. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting. All right, I mean that's literally two thirty. That's um, the amble. That's amazing. Great job on oh, the amble, amble, guys. Woo! So this is the Let's Go Show. Mm-hmm. I've been talking.